All right, everyone. Today is a good episode. I'm here with Emmanuel Setjen. Is that how you pronounce it? Yeah, Emmanuel Setjen. Set, oh, Setjen. Set, All right. Yeah. Um, I pronounced it wrong this whole time. So, uh, <laughs> Emmanuel and his friend Piyush, they have a company called Geneticists. They're like revolutionizing how EKGs work, or rather, they're making something better than EKGs, from my understanding. Um, they are two, what are you, 21? Yeah, 21, 22. Yeah, tw- 21, 22 from Cincinnati. Went to OSU for a little bit, started this company, got funding. They're making results. Um, I'd like to welcome Annie to the show. Thank you. It's nice having. It's nice to be here. <laughs> yeah. So, so f- first, I want to mention uh, this kid. He looks like the weekend. Like like the, like the hair. The <laughs> I face. literally get this all the time. Yeah. Like really, really. <laughs> it's just like the, over over a couple of years. I guess his hair just like kept growing up and up. <laughs> and uh, Every, do, do you sing too? Uh, no, I'm not a good singer. All right. <laughs> well, not, I, don't, I don't think I am. My friends don't enjoy it too much. <laughs> yeah. So well, it's okay. All right. Well, cool. So t- tell us about geneticists, or, or t- tell us about like. You and Piyush, you're in high school, brainstorming business ideas or something, and come up with an idea. You go, you start it. How, how did that whole process happen? Yeah, so um, this was actually pretty funny. We were, uh, this was the summer of 2013. Uh, Piyush was heading off to Ohio State. He uh, he had just been in India for the month of July, and uh, right before his like big sign off at, at this barbecue, me and my friends are having. Uh, he had he had been developing this idea for about six months now and just started putting things down to paper while I was in India and wanted to bounce ideas off of us. So he, the first time he's actually pitched the company to us was in front of all of our friends uh, at my friend Reddy's house uh, and uh, everyone heard it. it the, the first idea was a little bit underdeveloped and as any first idea is, but um, I was interested. Vineet was interested. He's our other co-founder uh, and, and we just kind of hit the, hit the ground running from there. Uh, most of the time when uh, founders or like, you know, potential companies, people, friends get together to actually start a company, no one really does anything about right. it. It's like after you talk about the the initial idea. But um, Pusha's dad, he's been pretty involved from the start. Uh, he He's very close. They're very close together uh, and wanted his son to actually like pursue his idea and wanted to back out. So uh, on September 5th, 2013, he actually filed... Our, our company name under Ohio LLC. So uh, that's when our company was officially founded. All right, cool, 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 cool. All right, so you and Piyush and Vineet and uh, Piyush's dad, you know, you talk about this idea. What what was this idea when you were starting? Yeah, so it's it's obviously very different than like what it is now, just how the standard process of developing your idea goes. But um, to begin with, Piyush came up with this idea when he was working in the basic science uh, lab. He was he was doing basic science research uh, on electrophysiology of cardiac cells. Uh, they had this technique called patch clamp patch clamping. Uh, basically, what it would do is you could measure the current that was going through an individual cardiomyocyte. Uh, so he kind of saw this deficit that was uh, that was he uh, it in the basic science world, uh, translating over to the clinical world. No, there was nothing like this being done uh, in the in the hospital or uh, in an EP lab. So that's kind of the, the, f- the first uh, platform, like where, where the idea came from. Uh, from there, we kind of developed and we started thinking about, all right, well, if, if you're going to uh, 
characterize the electrical currents in, instead of just an individual cardiomyocyte, but uh, the whole heart as an organ. Uh, what, what types of considerations like would you have to take into account? Uh, so the thing that causes your heart to beat is a, is a movement of ions, uh, ions. It's actually a movement of charge. So there's calcium, potassium, uh, sodium, uh, and chloride Mo moving across uh, your, your cardiac cells channels. Uh, that causes your heart to have a change in potential, which causes it to contract. So we, we tried uh, characterizing what these bulk movement of ions uh, would look like uh, in, a, in a specific algorithm to, to be able to calculate what, what the current, the overall current is in your heart. Um, with that, uh, we really tried coming up with a non-invasive way to pick up the, the, the movement of these ions. Uh, and we developed a piece of software that could calculate the given current uh, based on certain uh, these certain ion movement uh, parameters. So that, that was kind of like where everything came from and where everything started. All right, all right. Yeah. So you're, you know, you're coming up with this technique to calculate the current uh, that the heart is producing. Well, what's the motivation for this? Like, why is this important? Yeah, so if you can characterize the heart's electrical currents, like in, let, let's say that you have some special technology to, to see how the currents are moving in the heart, then you can pretty much characterize any disease that the heart has uh, because uh, there's always a physiology, the, the standard uh, observations that you make uh, of the, the anatomy of the heart, as well as uh, some of the, the uh, you know, additional proteins and, and stuff that, that get emitted like when the heart's damaged. But uh, when you look at the electricity, you get like a, a totally different side of the picture. So we the idea all came from uh, if there's any damage to the heart, if there's any disease that the heart's going under, then you'll be able to see that in the, uh, in the physiology, uh, but in a different light, uh, a functional light in the electrophysiology. Gotcha. In electrophysiology, what does that mean for dummies? Yeah, yeah. So physiology just talks about uh, basic body bodily functions, uh, and then electrophysiology is is the characterization characterization of uh, the electricity uh, function and how how that kind of uh, well in relation to the heart how uh, basically talking about the conduction pathways in the heart and and stuff like that. <laughs> All right. So we just learned why receiving this data about the heart, the shape of the heart, how it beats is important. Um, can you tell us about how you, you supported yourself during this time? You said you said you got a first round of funding. Yeah, yeah, so I can go a little bit into that. Uh, our first you know, round of funding, typically like most all startups, it's uh, friends and family. Uh, and that was about $125,000 in funding from uh, various friends and family members. Uh, but we actually uh, packaged our idea, the, the idea of the prototype, the business model that we're planning on executing, uh, and we pitched it at a business idea competition uh, based in Buffalo, New York. Uh, they had this initiative going on called the, uh, the, the Buffalo Billion or the New York Billion or something like that, where uh, the state of New York would invest a billion dollars into growing the number of jobs uh, in the region. So uh, as part of that initiative, they started 43 North, uh, which is a, uh, an organization which holds a business competition every year, uh, giving out a maximum prize of a million dollars to all of their uh, finalists. So we were lucky enough to be one of their finalists, uh, pitched our first infant idea and the, uh, 
it, we we got like uh, $260,000 in, in funding from them. So total, we, we got a, about 410000 uh, all in all. Uh, once we finished that first, uh, you know, round of friends and family as well as uh, generating interest and funds from uh, the Mr. Idea competition. <clears throat> All right, so you have this funding. Uh, what did you do after that? Yeah, so one of the stipulations with the, the money we got from the state of New York is we had to move out there to Buffalo. Uh, they provide us a lot of cool benefits like uh, having our own space in a, in, a, in a co-working space, having our own dedicated uh, offices. And uh, at that point, we knew that we had to start scaling up our R&D efforts. So we hired two interns for the summer and we moved our whole company out there. Uh, so get this, uh, there was only eight... Uh, five or six of us at the time that, that were working for the company. Uh, but Piyush and his whole family moved out to uh, Buffalo. Oh, wow. So they had a two bedroom apartment in Williamsville, uh, New York. They had eight people staying in a two bedroom apartment. Wow. Yeah, so it was me, Vineet, uh, our two interns. Yeah. So us four, we kind of banded. <laughs> and yeah, then yeah. Piyush and then his dad, his mom, and his sister. Uh, so. It, it was one of the most difficult times probably uh, uh, that we had to go through, but uh, that's kind of how we all banded together to start our, to kick off our, uh, you know, new company all in an apartment. All right. So they, there are eight of you living in two bedrooms um, and you're, you're obviously not at that stage anymore. You, you did something, you built something. Well, what did you do next? Yeah, so we obviously got like very close while we were in that, that two bedroom apartment. Uh, uh, what, what we ended up doing is we, we kept iterating on the idea. And then as soon as we had something solidified, which is pretty much at the end, end of the, the first week while we were in Buffalo, uh, we just started building rapidly. So the first idea was uh, imaging the heart's electric, electrical currents. And you, as you can imagine, that requires a couple of different things. Uh, it, the, the biggest problem that we had to solve was uh, capturing the heart's anatomy, so using like an MRI image and segmenting the heart out, uh, and then superimposing this electrical current data onto uh, a real anatomy. So uh, we just kind of started attacking it from a couple of different perspectives. Uh, we, we looked up papers and figure out how to implement these, these different algorithms that, have, that are pretty well known, and, and we implemented it relatively quickly. So uh, after we got over that, that hump, uh, that first month, we just kind of tried validating uh, our techniques based on like data that we've we uh, we actually collected and started getting from uh, the uh, from research partners around the world, uh, specifically uh, Backpick, which is the uh, a biomagnetic imaging center in based in Rome, Italy. All right, so you're building this product. You know, looking at research studies and, you know, you and Piyush, you kind of just like graduated from high school recently. Like what, like how did you get the confidence to just start innovating in science and building things? I mean, you were a programmer. He did one year of college. How do you go out building products and innovating? Yeah. So, I mean, it's inherently it's a, the, the mind of a scientist to to try and fail and then try again. You know, so we, we knew that we wouldn't get it right the first time and we had to be okay with that, that type of mentality. Uh, but I, I'm not going to lie and say it was easy. Uh, it, it, you have to be very dedicated to like what you're doing. You have to be very focused. You have to be okay with not knowing and 
pursuing that knowledge constantly. So uh, when we didn't know, like for example, uh, to give a quick story about Piyush, when he didn't know a term in a scientific paper, he would uh, he would highlight that word, he would Google it, and he would try to understand what that means. And then there'd be other words that you don't understand, you go deeper and deeper, but it, it could take days to like analyze even a, like one paper, just so that you can really understand like what's going on there. So I, I think a lot of the times people are afraid to, uh, to go in depth in something that they're not really good at. Uh, and that, that kind of like, you know, goes ahead and, you know, dissuades people from still trying something. But that's, that was probably the key quality that, that kept us learning and, uh, and going to pursue knowledge. Gotcha. So at this point, you know, you're also in this apartment. You said you're working hard. Like how many hours a week is this? Like what, what, what does hard mean? Yeah. So, uh, this is, this kind of goes back to the same thing. Like where, where entrepreneurs kind of, I think like, fluff up like how, how hard like people are actually working. But we're working at least 60 hours a week because like we, we'd work in the co-working space for about like eight or nine hours a day. But as you can imagine, since we're living together, uh, we're still not really, we don't really put away the, the work like once we get home. So uh, when we get home, we, we could have like a discussion, like a just spur of the moment uh, that, that could happen. So if, if I take my best guess, it'd be about 60 hours. A week. Gotcha. But that's not time like on social media and you're like actually working. Thinking really? dude science. Yeah, absolutely. Gotcha. Yeah. So you're working hard, going deep, learning things you didn't know beforehand. Um, was everything rosy? I mean, what, what, what happens after that? Yeah. So we, we built our prototype. Uh, we're, we're getting closer to the end of the year. So this is kind of the first time I decided uh, I wanted to take my, my first leave of absence from Ohio State. So after the summer of 2015 ended, uh, I decided to take that fall semester off and, and continue working on the product. Uh, this During this time, we're working on developing new partnerships with hospitals and investors uh, to move on both fronts so we could, uh, one, to uh, continue to test and uh, document our results in in uh, in a actual clinical setting, and then the other so that we could actually keep the lights on. Uh, so uh, we ended up developing a partnership with the Mayo Clinic and uh, ended up being able to to fund a prospective uh, trial where they they already a retrospective trial where they already had the results, but they blinded them to us. They just handed us the data that the system of our previous competitor. Uh, had and they wanted to see what types of insights that we'd be able to bring out of it. Uh, that didn't start until uh, January. So uh, in the in the meantime, we we had tried to raise funding from investors. We had gone to an event uh, in Buffalo where it was kind of like a an event we intended today, uh, where we had uh, booths uh, and some marketing materials to describe like what we were doing at our company. An investor came by uh, and gave us contact. We, we went out to Florida where his investment firm was located. Uh, we went through diligence talks and it was, it was really weird because we, this is our first time going through really formal uh, diligence with an investor. Uh, but he ended up uh, doing it all in a day, or at least what, what he kind of like painted uh, the picture as. So we stayed in the room with him and he did quote unquote diligence uh, for about 12 hours. We we're just going back and forth about the different aspects of our company. Uh, and we thought leaving that day that we had a handshake deal. Uh, but you know, the only piece of advice that I'll give to uh, like any entrepreneur, <laughs> it, nothing is uh, a deal until it's on paper. Uh, so the the talks kept going on. He kept asking for more documents, things that we had uh, previously discussed uh, during our our one meeting. So I guess it was what we expected. Um, 
but he brought us together for one final meeting on uh, February 16th, 2016, uh, to uh, kind of ambush us and value us significantly lower than uh, what we believed to have been. At this, but beforehand, he knew your burn rate and knew how much cash you had left, right? Yeah, absolutely. Since uh, when you go through diligence, the investors have this type of information. So you just kind of prolong the diligence process until we didn't really have money to, to really uh, you know, go back to him with. Yeah. So at this point, uh, he brought in his whole board of, uh, of basically executives from a company that he previously funded. Uh, what a lot of investors typically try to do is they get, you know, domain experts in your, in your, uh, in your field. And then they end up trying to poke holes in like different aspects of, uh, of your business, whether it's your technology, your business model, your financial projections, you know, it could be anything, but, uh, that that's what they kind of tried to do. Uh, at one point he accused us of like faking data. Uh, it was really funny too, because I mean, at the time we were out, it was like, we were pretty livid just because he had known like what our technology is and what it does and how we're imaging millisecond resolution, electric current images. But, uh, <laughs> It was funny because he mistaked the the change in animation over time as me like uh, directly changing the colors. So it, the culmination of just like uh, all these like all these different things obviously told us like this guy wasn't the right fit for us. Even though we we're in a very bad position, we knew that we could survive for an additional like four or five months without having any money. Uh, so uh, we ended up saying no to his deal. We all left with our heads pretty low at that day, at that point, because uh, we didn't really have any money at the bank. Uh, what we did have though, was an initial payment that was already made to the Mayo Clinic so that we could run our uh, our first retrospective trial on our software data. So at this point, Pius and I were, were at Ohio State, we're taking 17 credit hours uh, and we're manually processing uh, these cases uh, by hand. So each, to give you an idea, we, we had, this um, Comsol server that could run 10 applications at, its, at the same time. Uh, so we were able to process 10 case, uh, 10 timestamps at the same time. Um, each case would take approximately 10 minutes. So, uh, and then running them all in, in concurrence makes, makes that jump to uh, about 15 minutes. So to, to process a whole entire uh, uh, span of data, it took about an hour. Uh, so, so we had about 30 cases uh, and we, we didn't only do one, uh, one time snippet. So we did, ended up doing two time snippets. Uh, so it was an hour per, per segment, uh, two hours for the full case and then 30 cases. So it ended up taking us around 90 to hundred hours to process all that data. Um, and after we went through all that data, that's kind of how we hooked our first real uh, venture capital investment in our seed round. All right, so uh, a guy, a certain guy comes and, you know, does a seed round for you. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, we, we had a couple of people that participated in our seed round, but the, the person who kind of knocked down all the dominoes for us was uh, Mark Cuban uh, from, I'm sure you all know, from Shark Tank. Um, he, he was back in March when we finished all, about March 2016, that is, uh, we finished processing all this data. Uh, we kind of presented to him in a, a nice format, uh, and we, we actually... Uh, did a deal with him later that week. Uh, we, we got it all drafted out and uh, the whole deal happened and closed within a month. So 
is probably one of the fastest things you'll you'll ever hear about, like a, closing a deal with, with Mark Cuban. But typically, venture capitalists take a lot more time uh, and a lot more diligence to um, uh, to actually invest in your company. So we had additional uh, follow-on investments that came from uh, uh, firms that represent that represent Ohio Third Frontier, such as uh, Sensi Tech. Uh, and a couple of local Columbus investors, such as Loud Capital. Uh, so our, our seed round came to a total of uh, 1.5 million after after it closed, uh, and that was both led by uh, Sensi Tech and Mark Cuban. Gotcha. So how do how do, how do you go about doing that? Do you just have Mark's number and call me like, hey, can you give us some money? Like, how do you do that? Yeah. So it's it's pretty funny, and people always get surprised when we when we tell them this. But uh, Piyush actually cold emailed Mark Cuban. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That's so, pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, did just one try or did he re- so, more than an email? Yeah. So Piyush was part of the, the Teal Foundation. Gotcha. Uh, he actually uh, ended up, he was a Teal Fellow finalist uh, in 2014. And one of his buddies back then had direct contact to Mark Cuban. So he gave him his email uh, and he tried back in, uh, in, in 2014 and things didn't work out <laughs> as smoothly. He's like, hey. Uh, you're going to need to prove it to me a little more. I don't think you, your technology is mature enough. Come back to me when when you have a hospital that's ready to buy this technology. Uh, and that's exactly what we did. So wow. second time we reached out to him, he was a little bit more uh, uh, ready to make a, an investment in our company. Very cool. All right. So you're building this hardware device. Can you explain what it is, what problem it solves, and how you did it? Yeah. So I, I kind of uh, went into the problems of the previous device. Uh, had and why hospitals weren't really receptive to actually acquiring that device. Um, but what, what we ended up doing when when we uh, when we initially designed the device was trying to make it as convenient as possible. Uh, so the the first idea that came to our mind is being able to to roll over and just be able to go ahead and take a scan on, uh, on anyone uh, anywhere in the hospital. So uh, we explored that idea from a from a design standpoint. It was really really cool. Like we we thought that. Uh, this would be the the thing that would revolutionize the market. It would, it would make chest pain care like very easy and accessible. Uh, and we realized that there was a competitor out there that was doing this. So they're uh, formerly known as uh, uh, quantum imaging, but now they're known as Creavo Medical Technologies. Uh, they they have the same idea of a, a rolling MCG. They come to your bed and they take a uh, an, an image of your heart, a functional image of your heart, uh, right by your bedside. So. Um, we we analyzed like well, how are these guys doing it? it? It shouldn't even be possible because what we found is when we were when we we're making this de- this type of design uh, that it's impossible to get a uh, a femtotesla level reading uh, in in the type of environment that the Earth has. So to give you an idea, the Earth's magnetic field is uh, on the level of ten to the negative nine. Uh, your heart's magnetic field is on the level of ten to the negative twelve. So uh, and, and in order to pick up the fields, you need to be at 10 to the negative 15th. So uh, that, that's kind of like the technical challenge we saw with their device and know that it's a deficit. Uh, so instead of like making it as convenient as possible, we, we tried to make it as technically uh, functional as possible, uh, being able to pick up the best signal so that it could drive our analytics. Um, so we, we ended up coming up with this bigger footprint device, but met all of our needs like technically. We're obviously still like in the in the uh, uh, in the works of like reducing the footprint of the device, but it, it's accelerating all of our expectations as it stands right now. All right, so we're we're close to wrapping up here. What what are your future plans for geneticists, and um, 
how do you suggest that other entrepreneurs can be can have the sort of success that you've had so far? Definitely. Yeah, we're right now we would only be classified as like a medical device uh, maker, for example. Um, we we've only designed the device. We've only made a one off. So the, the next plan is really to move into manufacturing and being able to produce these devices at scale. Uh, and then there's other initiatives like cost reduction, you know, these are the basic things that go on in the business. So you can optimize your, your process pipeline as well as uh, making more money, just like any other business. Um, some additional tips I'd give, like if I, I guess this this would be specifically for like medical device uh, entrepreneurs or anyone that's like in uh, pharmacology trying to make a new drug. Uh, biotech, it all kind of like comes back to the same regulating body of the FDA. Uh, don't be afraid of them. Like the, even though there's a lot of regulation that's associated like, with, with these types of devices, uh, they they're really they really like having transparent conversations uh, with the state of your device, uh, what the what types of validation tests that they're looking for. Uh, these these guys are not as scary as you think, and that's I, I guess that goes back to. Uh, how, how we uh, end up raising money. So uh, the, the one thing that you have to convince your investors is that that is the case with the FDA. It's not like this huge regulating body that, that will kill your device at any moment uh, through the, the submission process. Um, you, you have to convince them that it's an open dialogue and let them know that what the actual process is like. So that not only is that gonna help you like when you, uh, when you're actually working with the FDA, but also like when you're working with investors. Gotcha. Uh, how do you, you know, how, how do you learn entrepreneurship and everything? Do you learn? Do you read books? Do you listen to podcasts? Is it all internal? Mentors, family? Absolutely. I, I guess I'll use this as a moment to plug uh, Ohio State's Innovation, Creativity, and Entrepreneurship uh, Scholars Program. Uh, Crystal Geyer used to be the the head of that program while while she was still here at Ohio State. Uh, she pretty much taught us everything about the, basically the basics of entrepreneurship, but everything after that, uh, she gave us the tools to kind of like go ahead and learn a little bit more about uh, entrepreneurship and the path that we want to take it. So um, I personally read a lot of entrepreneurship books, like the, the basic ones, like the lean startup or hard thing about hard things, you know, uh, the, those books give you just a lot of insight about like building companies, the, the types of growing pains that you're going to see uh, along the way. But yeah, uh, the launch pad was definitely the ICE program here at Ohio State. Gotcha. All right. Well, thanks for coming on the show, Manny. Uh, this is uh, Emmanuel Setting. All right. With Geneticists, um, cool startup based out of Cincinnati now, Cincinnati, Ohio. Um, if you're a killer biomedical, software, electrical, what, what, what skills do you need? Uh, anything you can pretty much imagine at this point. Uh, we, we're really trying to build up our software team. We're building up uh, uh, disciplines in the man manufacturing roles and uh, uh, trying to build that up from scratch. So uh, anyone with mechanical background, electrical background, we're, we're looking for you all. Just come come to us and see if there's a job available for you. Gotcha. And that's geneticist.com? Geneticist.com. Yes. G-E-N-E-T-E-S-I-S.com. Yes, sir. All right. Thank you for joining the show. Yeah, that was great. <laughs>